0: And now it's time for a Star Trek story. Um, episode eight, number eight. We're getting close to the big one zero. Oh wow. no. Wow! Double the digits. Big, the big one zero. Always feels good. Yeah. Welcome to the show, everyone. Um, as always, I'm Jaron Hatch, and as always, joined by our lovely co-host, Aaron Cole. Hello, Aaron. Hi. How are you? I had a burp. Sorry. Burp. burp. We are still in the middle of our look at classic Star Trek, um, though this will be our last episode from the second season. Um, Last time we watched Journey to Babel. Um, That was our second part in a little two-episode look at Mr. Spock. Um, And now we're kind of getting back into the good old high-concept problem-of-the-week episodes that classic Star Trek certainly is famous for. Mm -hmm. This is going to be Problem of the Week today and Problem of the Era, really. Problem of the Era. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We're going to be looking at one of the earliest examples of one of the classic Star Trek allegory episodes. Ooh. Um, But before we get to that, um, we have another guest host with us. Aaron, who do we have with us today? Oh, oh. You guys, you are in for a treat. This week, we have
1: one of the best people I know. Certainly one of my best friends. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, welcome
0: Mark Nelson to the show. Hi, Mark.
2: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited.
0: Yeah. Um, we all go way back, like so many of us on this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we have talked about on the show how a lot of us doing this podcast all used to left used to live together and Mark you most certainly fit in that. Absolutely.
2: Um, I was probably towards the tail end of the group of people who lived together in our group. Um as I. Like. There were so many iterations
0: of the boys house. Yeah, yeah, both the original series and next generation. And the next gen. Uh, we all definitely spent more time all together in Next Gen. Absolutely. We should probably say something about the three of us in particular. Because um, I feel like we were the closest to being everyone there was funny. Let's, I mean, let's be honest. Everyone there was funny.
2: Oh, yeah. just a talented
0: group of people. So much silliness. Um, but the three of us in particular were the Three
2: Stooges. Yeah that that would be that would be accurate I think I don't think anyone in my life has ever made me laugh as hard as Jaron and Aaron have made me laugh
0: Yeah and you two uh, it's pretty close like the same kind of a thing like oh my god um, and when we when I interviewed you Aaron it was just like my first memory of you I'm like this fucking guy is so fucking funny his comedic timing is perfect um,
1: Yeah it, there's just this I feel like there's this unspoken vibe between us where if one person starts a bit or or, yeah. starts a joke or something, you're instantly there and you're instantly trying to think of how you can contribute to that. Mm-hmm. What becomes like the most epic scene ever, but it just starts off like one of us thinking of some stupid thing
2: that we think is funny. And yeah. Then, yeah. Well, I've actually had a lot of time to, to think about like that interaction with other people because like I've done that kind of thing my whole life where I hear somebody say something funny. I want to jump onto it. I want to add to it basically the improv rules. But before I even really knew what the improv rules were and what was always so great about the two of you was that there was always an invitation to play. And that is my favorite type of person. Even if it's a stranger that I meet and a stranger says something quirky or funny to you and you come back and respond to them with something, you know, clever in return And they turn around and they add to that. My favorite type of people in the world are the people who have that willingness, even as adults to play, even if it's just for a second with somebody else. And that's something that the two of you actually excel at far, far more than most people I've met in my life.
0: I would agree. Like uh, the play is so important to me. It's easy to, Think play is some kiddie thing. I'm like, I disagree. I think play is the human thing. To be honest, yeah, it's that spark, it's that
1: imagination. You know, yeah, like being able to bring that uh, to a real world setting whenever possible. Because like, uh, yeah, there are a lot of people that would find you annoying or too much for for behaving like that. You know, and childish, but,
2: immature. Yeah,
1: but to find that in another person, that's like, it's it's a
0: very special thing. Yeah yeah i think the three of us i mean i and to a, to a large extent that permitted the entire living situation all of us carlton's fucking funny tyson's fucking funny austin's jake's funny. fucking funny austin's everyone's funny um but the three of us in particular i think really leaned into that and just um just the just humor in general i mean i think everyone would always speak to just how precious it is but i think the three of us would certainly certainly speak to how precious humor is Absolutely. um we kind of ask everyone their kind of little history with star trek sure. um what's, um we watched
2: a lot but does it go back f- before the boys house for you yeah actually it does um so my first exposure to anything star trek was when i was growing up um My older sister and my younger sister loved Voyager when it was on uh, when it was on air and they would sneak out of their rooms at night to go and watch it and I would join them and I loved Voyager. But that was I was really young. It was my first exposure to anything Star Trek. Absolutely loved Voyager. Loved watching it with my sisters. But then, from there, it kind of stopped. I went through most of junior high, most of high school, chasing girls, trying to be popular unsuccessfully, um, because I was a nerd at heart and I was trying to, de- to deny it. And Star Trek just was not a part of my life at all um, throughout that period, until I uh, moved up to college and I started hanging out with you guys. And... You know, I think we started, we talked about Star Trek at one point and I was like, yeah, I used to watch Voyager and yada, yada, yada. And I believe you recommended um, Deep Space Nine to watch on my own, but then we watched the original series together. Mm. My first time watching the original series. I'd seen a few things from the original series, clips, funny little moments from it and stuff. Never, ever did I watch like a full episode or watch the entire series from beginning to end until I was hanging out with you. Absolutely loved the original series that watched through with you guys. That was fantastic. I fell in love with it almost immediately. And I've just, ever since then I've been a Star Trek fan. I just absolutely love it. We would always talk about story ideas that we would have. uh, Like, you know, this, wouldn't this be an interesting book or an interesting TV show? And the, we had this kind of, fantasy wish kind of game that we would play where if you know what would we do if we were ever handed the reins and able and you know and told hey here's your budget you get to actually make the next Star Trek show what would you want to do with it and we talked about ways to tie in all of the series in a in a future you would do a similar jump into the future as if from the original series to next generation say so, you know several hundred years five you know five or six hundred years into the future see where they were where the federation was at at that point and we came up with tons of ideas of like oh wouldn't this be cool if they like there was this and that and stuff
0: yeah we just spent a lot of time it's funny even like down to this is a different show but w- way before the orville was you know a twinkle in anyone's eye seth mcfarland's eye we had this idea for this character like they were born in a planet with a high gravity, a high gravity. they were this peace loving person, but they mm-hmm. were just so strong because they were in this environment. Yeah. So like they were always being called upon to do like um, this kind of Ensign Jahala, was en- his en- name. Ensign Jahala. Yeah. And he was always being called upon to do all this, like stuff that he didn't want to do. Did stuff he wanted he to do. Because, because He a was a pacifist. Like his, yeah. his
2: entire species were all pacifists because they knew that if they went to war, that their physical strength over other species out in the galaxy was far superior that they, yeah. their culture leaned in a direction of, of pacifism in order to quell. Um, well, we should probably get to
0: the actual episode Why we're here to begin with. Um, awesome. Um, today, everyone, we're going to be watching a private little war. Um, this was the, so this aired on February 2nd, 1968. Um, this is, the 16th episode produced for the second season. So we're definitely in the back half of that season. This is probably the most famous early example of a Star Trek allegory episode, like we mentioned, uh, where they use like a thinly veiled sci-fi premise to take a look at like a contemporary issue. In this case, the Vietnam war. Nam. Nam. This is the Nam episode. No one else was really allowed to write about it at all. Yeah, um, censors would not allow any of these show any fiction shows to talk about Vietnam. It was just such a controversial, especially in 1968. This was before the war really, but 1968 is the year where the war really blew up. This was a little before it really blew up, but this was one of the really bad years for the Vietnam. So it's kind of appropriate that this is the year where they decide to talk about it. That's so
2: interesting. I didn't realize that censors wouldn't allow people to talk about the Vietnam war.
0: Too much of a hot button thing.
2: But it makes sense that Star Trek would like squeak through. Yeah. They just, But it's not really about Vietnam. It's just like, it's a Vietnam adjacent nerdy space show, right? (laughs) They
0: never specifically say Vietnam, so they don't directly address it, but it's very clear what it's about. So, this is yeah one of the only shows that got away with talking about it at the time. Um, so as we're watching the big, qu- and there's usually a few things we're looking at, but for this one, the big question is how does this work as a commentary on Vietnam, both back then and now that's the thing we're going to be thinking about as we're watching. Um, if you're listening, uh, this is your invitation to queue up the episode with us. Um, you can find Star Trek, the original series, on Paramount+. Plus. This would be season two, episode 19. Chapter eight, verse four. <laughs> and in the beginning, Spock and Kirk beamed down to the planet, and Ted, our God is superior, you shall have it. <laughs> you shall have it. The 70th and 8th year of the reign of the Federation. <laughs> and the reign of the
2: Federation.
0: Um... All right, we're going to watch this shit and um, see what we all think about it. woo We'll see you all then.
1: Do you remember the 20th century
0: brush wars on the Asian continent? Two giant powers involved, much like the Klingons and ourselves. Neither side felt that they could pull out? Yes, I remember. It went on bloody year after bloody year. Well, what would you have suggested? That one side arm its friends with an overpowering weapon? Mankind would never have lived to travel space if they had. No. The only solution is what happened
2: back then balance of power and if the Klingons give their side even more then
0: we arm our side with exactly that much more a balance of power the trickiest most difficult dirtiest game of them all but the only one that preserves both sides and
2: what about your friend Tyree will he understand this balance of power problem is not.
0: This episode, we just fin- private little war. We just finished watching Private Little War, um, the Mugatu. We're gonna start with some initial thoughts. Mark, we'll start with you. Initial thoughts. What's your impression of just watching this episode?
2: Uh, classic original series had a lot of hit a lot of the uh, points of interest for me that make the original series so special. Um, but you know, it was kind of, there were some times in this episode, it was kind of rough. It got really sad at points and surprising too. Um, there were several moments when I thought the, uh, the story was going to go one way and it surprised me. Um, but yeah, um, as far as the, how it relates to the current the the mod or the uh what it was talking about at the time, the Vietnam War. It is it is interesting. I mean it's the it's basically the exact argument. I mean at the at one point in the episode he lays it out to bones. Just straight up says and I you know references it. But that was two societal ideology like ideologies clashing with one another. You know, this idea of communism versus capitalism. That's really As far as like, and people will argue with Vietnam. It was like, well, the South Vietnamese were asking us for help. And I guess technically that's true, but. Not like this. But the motivation was never about.
1: Helping the Vietnamese people. Helping the
2: Vietnamese people. No, of course not. Exactly. It was like, no, we're going to stick it to the Russians. And so it's a little, you know, but Kirk in this episode, his entire goal is to help out his friends. And the people. Well, and and there, he was also, I guess, under the influence of witch magic. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been, maybe not. Oh, yeah.
1: We will get to the witch magic. It's just a legend. Um, it's just a legend. Yeah, they had to kind of give him that personal twist. Otherwise, yeah. it wouldn't have made sense story-wise. It sure. Would, yeah. Like, like, but it creates so many problems with like the prime directive and, and things like
2: that. It does. And yeah. technically, he violates orders where he dresses up and beams back down. He's not supposed to do that and then can, kind of continues to break the prime directive throughout the entire episode.
0: Yeah. Bringing it back to a, William Shatner Captain Kirk. Interesting kind of It's interesting that this episode is a Kirk episode and he, like of all the captains who have to make this decision. Right. And 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 then on what side of the decision they sure. decide to come. Um Aaron, the impressions Insights of this episode for you.
1: My impressions. I, it was it was a vague one. I think vague is a good word for it. I think they were dancing around too much what they wanted to actually talk about to get to the meat and potatoes of the episode. It feels like like mm. they wanted so bad to make the good episode, but they were so worried about probably censors and and even getting it on TV in the first place that it I, it falls short. They take some risks, but it, it's it's complicated and the episode itself is full of issues like the white natives, <laughs> the white haired white male natives, except for the one brown witch lady. Yeah.
0: The one ethnic looking, ethnic looking. Yes. That's a, that's a great turn for it. <laughs> Not the best. Yeah. Even the other women all look like they're just white haired, pale white people. And then there's, the Canutu woman who knows the magic. Oh, damn. Is it
2: really? It, and it's like not even really magic. It's like passed off as magic, but it's just like herbology. You know, like, it's like, mm-hmm. I know the plants of this. Plants, I know
0: the roots. The
1: roots. So she's making it look like some crazy blood ritual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
2: which makes me believe that, like, you know, obviously she says like oh he's mine now he can't deny me any wish after she saved his life but i don't think that, that's that's definitely not true she was manipulating people using an intoxicant another type of route that drove what does she males i guess men yeah. kind of mad yeah,
1: yeah. My, my question with her throughout the episode is like what does she kind of represent in the, in the context of it being about vietnam is she like yeah sure the allure of power is she what is she you know, like, why is she there?
0: Yeah, it feels like they're trying to say something with her, but I don't know how clear it is. Because in some aspects, the episode is super clear as to what it's talking about. And then Nona, the Kanuti woman, the wife of Tyree, like the the, the bell bottom rocking. Oh my god!
2: The costumes in general
0: are interesting, <laughs> but hers is something else. Yeah, the fashionable.
2: Well, one. I, I just the kept w- in the entire episode. I just kept wondering where the hell. Did she get orange dye?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it looks like she killed a Muppet <laughs> and skinned it and used that to make That's her exactly her what her it blouse. looks like. Yeah.
2: But also it kind of fits in with like the rest of her character though. I mean, she has these, she has understanding and these other crazy plans to do other crazy shit, you know, you know, maybe it would be easy for her to find dye. Yeah. It, but it is interesting. Like, but what is she supposed to represent? But, and the way that her character ends as well. Like, I just, I, you know, in a lot, I feel kind of bad for the character. Oh yeah. Like as from a artistic writing perspective, it's, it, it is a poorly written character. Because in the end, she steals the phaser and then goes and tries to give it to the villagers for some reason. I mean, it, uh, it makes no sense uh, because uh, she's like, you're reason. not
0: mad enough to defend our tribe. Yeah. So, so I so will I'm, go give the phaser weapon to the <laughs> other side. That'll show
2: you. It makes no sense. It absolutely makes no sense. I kept waiting for it to be revealed that she was working for the Klingons.
1: You know what I mean? Like that, that would have been something. You know?
2: you know what? That would have actually tied so much about her together yeah. into one, like... I'm working with the Klingons.
1: Like that, I feel like I kind of just assumed that throughout the episode, but I, and I was waiting for the moment where they established it, and it never came. But that, yeah, also, Aaron's headcanon for the Star Trek episode. I was working
0: for the headcanon. other vaguely ethnic-looking character in this episode. <laughs> the Klingon! The Klingon. He's got a tan and a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one is... This one is wild. This one is interesting to like think about and talk about. Like, um,
2: Spock's not, not around. No, the episode. He, it, this is, is a is Kirk and Bones episode. Bones, Kirk and Bones. See, and like, and what's interesting between like the dichotomy between all three of those people, Spock can more easily convince Kirk out of his worst nature. Mm-hmm. Can talk him out of it. Which we we literally see it happen yeah. in the very beginning of this mm-hmm. exact episode. Mm-hmm. After Spock gets shot, he makes the decision. Like Kirk pulls out his phaser to fight, and Spock says, "No, let's let's go get to Bones." Basically, and they do, and they beam off. But then Spock is unconscious. Bones can't quell Kirk like Spock can. And so because of that, Kirk kind of goes on unchecked, questioned. But Bones isn't the type of person who's like, who, or I don't know. That's just not their relationship. Bones, Spock would have been able to stop him from what he did. I don't think Bones would have. Mm. And clearly Bones didn't.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that it comes down to the two of them. And the scene between Kirk and Bones is probably like, the crystallization of the whole episode cuz they just sit down and just debate. Yeah. And Kirk's well i haven't debate. Kirk's just like this is what I'm doing. Right. And then he allows McCoy to question him for a minute. But but at no point is like is this ever like no, I'm I'm not changing my mind. Yeah, this every action he
2: takes after that point after he tells Bones this is what I'm doing yeah. is exactly to reach that goal. Yeah. Um and he makes some I found I found the the arguments he was making seemed a little weak but you obviously know what position like Kirk's perspective on this with this situation was supposed to represent you know and but I don't know I just felt like Bones was making better points whenever they were arguing but ultimately, it was down. It was up to Kirk. So.
0: Yeah, but I feel like we need to make a T-shirt like Kirk, because this is like Kirk versus Bones, and it's like, Bones, Bones is right. I think Bones is Bones, right. Is, Bones is right.
2: Bones is right.
0: Um, Kirk kind
1: of pigeonholes the situation into wanting to protect the people that he cares about,
2: and like yeah, right. this is the he's only too way. Too close to it. Yeah,
1: he's too close. This is the only way he sees that he can keep his friends alive.
2: Yes, exactly. Which, which is why it's interesting because I feel like if it was another situation or if it like, if, if Kirk did not have the personal relationship, they like with, with, if he was faced with a similar situation and the personal relationship was removed, I don't think he would have made the same decision. I'm not entirely convinced of that. Kirk has always been the type of like captain. He definitely leads with his heart and it's always on his sleeve. You know, he's supposed to be that representation of, of that high embrace of everything that the, or everything that the Vulcans kind of despise, not necessarily despise, but disagree with as far as, like with humans, the, humans, the emotion off the cuff and he's all emotion. Oh. So it, it does make sense why he did, why he makes the decision to help, um, arm the tribe. It's also, I
0: think that there's definitely a historical perspective. And I think we talked earlier in earlier episodes about how one of the character inspirations for Kirk was JFK. And JFK is the president who got the United States and in, into Vietnam, right. you know, but JFK was also like, we're going to put a man on the moon. You know, he's not, he's not so removed from Kirk. You know, it's like, there's this ideal, that Kennedy represents and that's definitely Kirk has the same kind of Kennedy ideal. And I, Kirk is definitely the mouthpiece for the, that perspective. Yeah. Um, they, the question is though, does this episode fully recognize that Kirk has made the wrong decision or not? I mean, cause I feel like to some degree it does how this episode ends is very just like, you know, we, we talked a little bit about Friday's Child while we were watching this one. We watched that one a couple of weeks ago, and there's a similar situation where Kirk and crew beam down into the native planet. The Klingons are there, and hijinks ensue. And lots of the natives die. But at no point is it ever questioned that Kirk and crew are doing the right thing, even though it's like, okay. But when you go and look back at it, it's like, did they, though? This one does seem... I, I, I just don't know how explicit it is or how aware it of it is. This one does seem to take a little dimmer view of the actions in this one. Like this is, they just not end on a happy note when Kirk and crew fly off. It is kind of like the, the music is not happy. It's, it's like, what did we leave this planet with kind of
2: music? Yeah. Well, and so I wonder how much of that actually came down to, like you were talking about earlier censorship, like if they because it's left in, it's left so vague like they don't like did Kirk make the right decision nobody nobody will know as far as like the way they wrote the show so I'm wondering like I wonder if they felt if they took a stance either way that would be considered a political stance which you know at the time shows weren't really doing that, you know at least not for stuff like that. It's much more of a modern kind of...
0: To take a stance on something.
2: Yeah, to to explicitly talk about current political climate.
1: Yeah, it just kind of uh, left me feeling icky, which I think might have been a goal. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't feel good about the resolution of yeah. this episode
2: at all. Like, well, and the fact that they made this episode and they bring up the question anyways, it kind of makes you it's a pretty big context clue as to what the writer's position on the situation was because you don't try to bring awareness to something and have people question about it. If you necessarily agree with what everything that's going on with it.
0: Um, I should probably mention that. So I guess in the, so the original, the writer of this episode, his name is Don Ingalls, but if you look at the credits, his name is listed as Judd Crucius. Um, he did end up using a pseudonym for this. I guess Gene Ronberry rewrote it. This is one of those episodes that Ronberry rewrote. And I guess in the original version, it was more overtly speaking to Viet. Uh, like the, the analogy was even more explicit. Um, and I guess like this, yeah, like the, the script talked about like the village people as like Ho Chi Minh types, you know, um, and, like, they were all wearing Mongolian clothes, so it was much more, like, Asiatic, so it was even more right. implicit. Um, but I guess Roddenberry, like, heavily rewrote it, so there's no, the closest they get is that little speech, but there's no otherwise direct right. analogy or, like, reference to it. Um, he whitewashed it. And I guess the other uh, yeah, writer, though, did not like the changes and, it's asked for a pseudonym. Yeah, Jud Crucis is a wordplay on Jesus crucified.
2: All right. I like this guy already. Yeah. I was going to
0: say, it sounded like there was like a Judas something or other in there, but yeah, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I think, yeah, one of the biggest flaws is that it mostly just restates the problem, mm-hmm. but without really coming to any kind of insight about yeah, it. Yeah,
2: or offering another alternate kind of solution Mm-mm. which is disappointing because kirk is full of plan c's you know like he gets so many people to come to the table he ha- he has come up with so much better solutions to worse problems so it's a little disappointing on his part it's like come on man you felt like this was the only thing you can do. But then again, it's because the episode had a very specific thing that it was, you know, talking about. And so in a way that's going to be detrimental from the beginning because they actually, were you talking, you, somebody mentioned pigeonholed earlier. Yeah. Like they were, I guess kind of stuck
0: but the outcome yeah it's well like I can someone has to make this call of course it's gonna be Kirk so that's just somebody right someone has to make the someone has to be the United States and all this and that's R- gonna exactly. be Kirk I mean exactly. like
1: even if they could have put
0: a decent ending to it or like a, a,
1: a lesson or a higher moral thing on it what would that have been like it was such a mess you know what I mean that whole conflict yeah. mm-hmm. like so even if they were trying to say something about it like that would be a hard episode to wrap up as a writer
0: I mean, I think they were still in the middle of it. And, you know, it is easy to look back now and say, well, clearly the answer was not to get involved in the first place. But when you're in it, you know, you can't when you're in, they've been doing it for years. And they're just like, well, we can't just say we shouldn't have been here in the first place. We're here now. What do we do? Sunk cost Um. But, but yeah, but in the, so yeah, like you could say, what, what do you do? But like they're in the middle of it. They didn't know it was much more of like, we don't know what the right thing to do is, it's, you know, and it's only, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to say this is completely hindsight, you know, but to some degree there, it's easy to look back and say, clearly they right. They should have not gotten involved in the first place.
2: Well, and here's my other question. All right. <laughs> and they may have answered it in the episode and I missed it, but what was the, like, what were the what were the Klingons doing there in the first place? Like, what interest did the Klingons have? They were like, you know what? We're so evil. We are original series Klingons. And we're so evil that we're going to go down to this planet with people who have bows and arrows. And we're going to give guns to one side because... Why not? <laughs> it's like, is, I don't know. The Klingons is like... They very much radically change as the future goes on. But I feel like that's just not very Klingon-y to do. Klingons are like, we're going to go down there and drink, eat gak, and drink blood wine. Not really something that anybody does. World power or no.
1: Like, you're not just like giving guns to people for no reason. (laughs) Yeah. What was on
2: that planet that the Klingons were like, (laughs) we need them to kill each
0: other. we got to upset this situation somehow. The motivations are pretty big. I mean, like I think there is some reference to it being like a, it's a neutral space, and it's potentially like strategic for them to be there. And Bones was looking at some of like the, you know, natural remedies can oh, be found on the planet. Starfleet was right, but yeah, you know, so but it, it's still kind of just like, but you know, what's the end game? Like, because the Klingons have such a minimal role in all this, you know, they don't really factor in a whole bunch. You know, they're just kind of the big shadow villains in the background for the most part. And it is worth noting that at this point, the Klingons were designed to be basically the stand-ins for the the Soviet Union Mm. at this point. Or even to a larger extent, like this kind of vague Eurasian, you know, capital, not capitals, but your, um, your Asian communist totalitarian state is kind of what the Klingon empire is. And in the original show, it's only later that became like the noble warriors or whatever, like the more Viking influence, but originally they were definitely, they were the stand-ins for the Soviets essentially. And I don't, and nowhere is this more apparent than in this episode. That's a, right. that, that is literally, they are just there to be the Russians for right. this episode. Yep.
2: Yep. For this one episode, but
0: like a very vague, just evil mustache twirling version meh, of it.
2: Man, I've given you the guns now. Mm, yes. It's like, and what do you want in return, sir? Man. Man. want me, please. Man. More me. More Man. If I find if me more me. Ten
1: percent, I want a piece of that gross, She. Yeah, so many vague. That's a, what. <laughs> I'm only doing gross points now, Shane. <laughs> <see?
0: laughs> um, what also I think holds this back. but Here's the thing: I don't think this is a total failure. I do. This is an interesting episode to watch. Sure. I think this is definitely worth going back to watch just for like. If, these, if, if some of these episodes are interesting to go back because they represent time capsules, this is definitely a time capsule episode for better or worse. But it's not just like, oh yeah, this is just great. Or no, this is just bad. This is a complicated episode to try to make any sense of. like Because I feel like to some degree there are some successes here. Like This is the closest I think the show ever comes to showing Kirk as the bad guy. I don't think they ever fully go there. And if they had fully committed to it, it would go down as a legendary episode. There was no way they were going to do it back in the sixties, but you know, but it comes close as far as, as far as they're going to get to painting Kirk as the bad guy.
2: Well, and, and the way they do that by making him not seem entirely the bad guy while still kind of pushing it in that direction is that personal connection that he has with the people because it makes sense. You know, they're part of his circle. He lived with him for wow, wh- however long, you know, he was accepted by them, taken in by them.
1: But Yeah. Without that, he's, he's on the same level as the Klingons and really with it too. Like maybe that's a point of the episode is that even though you, you care about the people around you, it's still not enough to justify escalation and war, you know? Sure. Or, or abandoning all other options. Yeah.
0: He doesn't even explore other options. No, he He just assumes this, you, you're, it's almost like he's falling back on history to justify his point of view, but it's bones is almost like you do realize even in 1968 bones is coming from the point of view. Like you realize that that was the wrong decision, though, right? right like, right. why would you do this? Um, but Kirk because is using to, history Boom. to justify his actions, even though it seems that history at this point has even decided that what happened in the Vietnam War was wrong. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to consider, it, but and it makes Kirk a much more just kind of like, oh,
2: like. Yeah. He's flawed. He's, he's, he is not perfect. Yeah. Because, you know, so often, and especially like in the movies too, Kirk is shown as like he comes up with like the miracle solution. Like he literally goes up against gods. Yeah, multiple times. It, the first episode that Kirk is in, he goes up against a god mm-hmm. and wins. And <laughs> like, the first one. Like, and he can't figure out Vietnam. What the fuck is Vietnam. that about?
1: Uh, excuse
0: me. Different skill sets, man. Different. What does a
2: Klingon <laughs> need with a musket?
0: Doesn't <laughs> 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 quite roll off the top <laughs> Like, what does God need with the starship?
1: What is a Klingon doing with Earth musket? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's hilarious. Um,
1: good on Tyree. Honestly, he, he could have made several choices here, and I think he chose the right
2: thing. Walking away, mm-hmm. dropping the gun, yeah, walking man. away. But then, you know, which is such a powerful decision, and I really liked that because I honestly thought he was going to shoot and, like, he was going to hit his wife or something. I, you know, I kind of thought that's where, he, where it was going.
0: Well, yeah, this is a good transition into what I was going to bring up next. It's like there's a couple of interesting things to look at here. The. It's the portrayal of the natives, is, it? and I think generally speaking, this is also something that kind of hampers the episode. Okay. Um, it's just a, it's mostly just a bunch of white people, wearing white, bad white
2: wigs, right, with these like stars, yeah, on their foreheads, on their foreheads. and also like. <laughs> didn't even think about that. That's not great.
0: You know, if they got any kind of expert, it was like someone who had taken anthro one Oh one and that's it. You know where it's like, well, but they, there's they no have Like, to l- any like, of this. like
2: they would have worn, uh, furs and they would have, uh, bows and arrows. Yeah. And I think and that's really all you need to yeah, yeah. you know, what, <laughs> you know <all> about. Yeah. <laughs> They've just moved on from the leave. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. They're a poor stand in for this, and it's hard to s- completely sympathize with them because I, I, since I was a kid, I've never quite believed it yeah. in terms of their plight. Because it very much appears to me as white people putting on a show to tell this story. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I've, I've made this
1: comparison before, but doing that community theater production of Aida oh, yeah. at Rogers Memorial, we're like. The brownest person in the cast was a Polynesian, and we're supposed to be playing these Nubian slaves. Yeah. So, all these white people standing up, and the yeah, end of the first act, singing The Gods Love Nubia <laughs> sounded like a I
2: high school choir. In Africa. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. it's that, it's that.
0: Um, the but I the most positive I would say is at least. The main character, Tyree, does have, like, a story arc, sure. a, yeah. a character arc, like, and he's very trusting, and like you said, like, he does make that decision, like, not to kill Kirk, Um, but then, but then he just, by the end, is just like, let's go to war with these people. Um, yeah, it really just destroys him. Yeah, uh, kills him. Who, who he once very, was. Very tragic yeah. character. Um, I think he's, he's fine. It's just that everything else though is question is so questionable and hokey and goofy. Um, it still feels really sad and tragic, but it's, it's also just like, you can't help it. I don't know, hold your head a little bit. It's like, <laughs> okay guys. <laughs> um, but also like no one else was trying to do this. So it like, I guess much like Kirk, uh, where wh- you know what? Wh- where do you come down on this? Like, it, I would you say that like this is better than Friday's Child? I would say yeah, better than. I don't know why. I can't describe why it's
1: better than Friday's Child. Maybe it's
0: this is trying to say something. Okay, okay maybe that's it. Speaking to something. Friday's Child just felt like a hokey space western with the natives. Yes, this also kind of plays in that space western thing with the natives, but this at least. There's something it's trying to, and this makes you at least. There's definitely more to talk about here rather than just like what were they thinking? Um, with Friday's Child, um, this is the stronger effort, but it's still just it, it does feel like it's such a mixed bag still overall. Not there. Yeah, like I love the attempt, and I have to give props for the attempt. And like I said, it's the closest it's ever come to like painting Kirk as the bad guy and questioning his actions. It just never, ever fully gets there, though. Which
2: was kind of disappointing in The Villagers as well. It's like one Klingon shows up and is like, I have boomsticks. And they're like, let's murder all of the people who live in the tents in the woods. Yeah. It's like, why? What, what is your beef with them? Well, they've always been really nice to us. <laughs> yeah, Fuckers,
0: how dare they? That's one of the problems with this. Because with the Vietnam War, there is so much nuance and like... Like the whole reason why the North was fighting was they were fighting for their freedom, and it's so rarely portrayed as that in like in the West. but for, But from their point of view, and for the most part, you know, justifiably so, especially since this all started with like them trying to get under out of the heel from French colonial rule, they were trying to, you know, get out of a colonial oppressor and fight for themselves and then create a society that's beneficial to everyone. And that nuance is completely missing in this episode. It's just like, oh, we're all getting along famously. Klingon shows up with gun. Gun, let's gun? shoot our
2: friends. I see Whatever. what you mean about
0: the killing.
2: I enjoy the hunt. It's like, yeah. wow.
1: Tyree like shoots I'm, one clay pot. He's <laughs> ready to go on a fucking like, murder I'm gonna speed. He's
2: going to go fucking kill everyone. They, it's this. It's very, it's very odd, and it's so whitewashed. It's, it really is. It's like oh. whitewashed and rewritten. Like, White wig. Like they had a and rule that they couldn't have like besides Uhura, like a single.
0: Well, you know here, you know to be fair, to be fair, yeah. a point in the episode's favor, completely shifting gears, Doctor and Banga in the B plot, just trying to get Spock. Yeah. Awake. Yeah. He, they, because Bones is on the planet. And so we have Dr. Mbenga, um, who for the time, this is a very progressive portrayal of a black male professional. So again, it's like, what, maybe they got, <laughs> what, do you, what do you, what do, do you, how do you, how do you, how do you criticize or rank this episode? It's like, in one instance, they do it really well for the time. Yeah. I, all the scenes with Dr. Mbanga are great. You know, it's like I could see this guy being just one of the regulars on the show. Like he's got chemistry with Nurse Chapel. He real quick has some kind of personality. You know, it's like, yeah, this guy's great. You no, know, maybe that got that snuck through all the sensors
1: and all the. They were so worried about the people. Vietnam yeah, they stuff. And all the Vietnam stuff so closely that just they
0: didn't even care about the B plot. Uh, man. It's, this, it's 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 LBJ syndrome. Your foreign policy is terrible, <laughs> but your civil rights
2: you're, you're policy it. is fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, also we forgot to mention that earlier. Like Bones, Bones killing, got shot. killing the Mugatu at the very when they first both. get down. Like when her, him and Kirk both he, like he, it. he destroys it. Gets it's like gets raised in the arm
1: by a musket ball in that episode. He we does. Really we not talk about that. Spock gets
0: shot mm-hmm. and incapacitated, and McCoy gets, gets winged w- in the arm, yeah. in the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. And, and Kirk gets bitten by the Mugatu. Oh, yeah. they, <laughs> they all kind
2: of get into weakened state by the end of that one. I, just, I love when, like, after, like, the ritual that gets the Mugatu poison out of him, he just, like, instantly wakes up and is, like, bombs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when he looks at Tyree He's like I remember <laughs> I remember I remember, I remember. <laughs> This is an iconic Kirk moment right there
2: <gasps>
1: you <forgot to>
2: <gasps> I remember <laughs> <laughs> it's just so so, See And like And that's what I'm talking about Like It's It's hard for me to like Completely you know Oh. I like. I still enjoyed this episode. Yeah, me though, too. Even though it's got writing issues and there, there's a lot of problems with and it. historical issues, it just has amazing classic, you know, Kirk, William Shatner moments that I just that just make the original series absolutely magical and fantastical to watch through. Like, because Shatner is. He swings on this pendulum and throughout every episode of being so good and then doing something you're like, but you can't take your eyes off of him. You're like, yeah. He swings <laughs> for the
0: fences every line, every yeah. word. And sometimes he gets a home run. And sometimes he doesn't. But it's the it's the babe Ruth
2: yeah. rule, man. Like, you know, oh, that's you exactly might as well swing for a home run every single time. Every time. Because you're not gonna get them all. But when you do, like people are gonna remember you for those. And William Shatner is arguably the most famous person who's come out <laughs> yeah. of Star Trek.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we have to take a second to talk about the Mugatu. The Mugatu. The Mugatu. I feel like, in so many ways, everything that is wrong with the episode, not to say that it's all the Mugatu's fault, but I think everything that's wrong with the episode can be crystallized into the image of the Mugatu. Yeah. You know, where this you can tell they put so much love and craft into that costume. You can tell. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like you it's good enough that you can go with it. You're, you're, you, you don't sh- buy it, of but you go with it. You're like, that's it, a it guy in an alien. A it. But it's a guy in a suit.
2: And it's so obvious that it's a guy in a suit. It's so funny. But, but again, they we're really talking about we worked hard on 1960s. it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, we worked really hard on it, but... <laughs> Which, but you know, but it shows. that. But Like I said,
0: they work hard enough that you go with it. Mm-hmm. You don't fully
2: buy it, but you're not like, I don't buy this. Well, and You go with it. Unfortunately, you know, it's the costume, sure, but it honestly is kind of the the person inside of the costume, their representation of a Mugatu, is to do like the monkey arms, where it was like they were clearly they were clearly like pretending to be like a gorilla, just like like where it was like it was like a bad impersonation of a <laughs> of a gorilla, oh, yeah, a, a human's impersonation of a gorilla inside of a. Barely passable costume.
0: <laughs> I have to bring this up. This is the vegan in me. They vaporize the Mugadu twice. Yes. And at no point is it ever questioned huh. that they just decided to vaporize. Well, okay. Two of this life form, and sure. it's like, why don't they just stun it?
2: The the yes, absolutely. But they vaporize it both times. And you know, the first one. The first one, you can, like, okay, mistakes were made. It was Bones who fired the phaser. Maybe is he my, probably is doesn't this, have a lot, of, a lot of practice with phasers.
0: I We should look. This could be the first time we see Bones fire a phaser. No. It, we, he fired one in the mad trap. But it took a lot of convincing. Because he's the one who, in the end, pulled the trigger on the Saw Vampire. Cause, but, but it's like disguising itself as like his one true love. I wonder if this is the first time we see him do it since then, but oh boy.
2: Yeah. The second one. So the first one is like, well, the Mugatu did attack them, you know, and Bones was probably like, oh, what, what the hell am I going to do? Kirk just talked me into this crazy fucking situation. We're both just down here alone, you know, and he's getting bit by this monkey creature. Okay. He forgets to turn it off. He forgets to turn it on to stun. He reacts in a moment. Shit happens in the fog of war. He kills the first one. Well, they find out later on, well, you killed a Mugatu. Its mate won't be far behind. They know the mate is coming. The second one shows up. This poor second Mugatu who is like, Yo! My main squeeze! What the fuck have you done? I can't even find her corpse. Mark <laughs> isn't exaggerating. <laughs> like, though. That's what's so crazy about this. Mark isn't exaggerating. That's no, exactly like, what happens. Like, and it just... And they kill that one, too. <laughs> they kill <laughs> that one, too. It's so sad. It's so sad. It's like, come on. Like, you literally... Oh, fuck.
0: Um, Any final thoughts for this one? It's... It's not... the It's, it's
2: not the sh- most shining example of original series. It's not original series at its best, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. It still had that magic. Uh, still had that t- touch it, of that magic.
1: It was a different time and it's complicated.
0: I mean, what else can you say? I will say there, there was, I, I've never heard this line before. And I've seen this episode a bunch of times. I really like this line as a writer. When he's talking about Nona, she dies with the phaser in her hand, the little tiny phaser. And he does say, she had tomorrow in the palm of her hands. It's a good line. A sad, horrifying line, but a good line.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow, it's the palm also of interesting, her hands. too, that during the attack... Against her at the end After she has the phaser And is doing that weird thing Turning it over to The villagers She never uses it She tries Mm -hmm.
1: You see her trying to flick it It's like there's a safety on
2: That she doesn't know about Or something yeah. Yeah But But it's But even that Like she steals Power Which has kind of been Her whole motivation The whole Her flimsy weird motivation For the whole Episode she can't use it or doesn't use it
0: or she she, she literally can't wield it. Can't wield she it. can't wield power because she doesn't understand it. Very interesting. Yeah. She has it in her hand and still doesn't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oof.
1: Um So there's maybe that's the moral. Take time to use the weapon that you steal before you give it to the other side. There so you guys, go. Learn the, how moral the
2: moral of the entire episode was practice with your weapons <laughs> when you're fixing to kill someone. Right. Before you get them. into action. Learn how
0: to use your weapons to kill people before you <laughs> use them.
1: <So laughs> the last thing you want to be doing is fumbling like a that noob. Is,
0: no, no. That, that, that is not the episode. lesson <laughs> of I'm like of that. episode.
2: Uh, that's what um, I'm sticking learned, with it. Please don't <laughs> learn that, that lesson. <laughs> no, I think that's
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, geez. You know, it's funny that we 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 talked about comedy before this episode this is not a funny episode no but you know i maybe it's fun to have a few comedians you talk know what i will say about it. it it hits those emotional moments a
1: lot better than friday's child oh yeah like oh yeah even though it's it's kind of all over the place in other places like those serious dramatic moments in this episode really really get you
0: down there's a lot more to walk away with yeah. for as flawed as it is at least it's like I f- they're shooting for something in this one. Do they get there? I don't know. But um, Mark, Marcus Aurelius. Yes. Thank you for coming on the show.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: Um, we're definitely going to have you back for more.
2: I would love that. Um, thank you, guys. It was tons of fun. Thank, thank you, Mark.
0: You. Um, love you so much. We're going to have you back very soon. Love you guys. Um, next week. We're going to be back again. We're going to be delving into the third season. Yes. Um, at the beginning of our dive into the third season, <laughs> and that might be the most appropriate term um, to describe what we're heading into, a dive. Um, next week we're going to be watching A Land of, of Troyes. A Land of Troyes. A Land Elan Elan E-L-A-A-N Elan Elan of Troyes and we will see what we think of that one well that sounds good Jaren I can't <laughs> wait <laughs> <laughs> oh boy if you haven't seen the third season of Star Trek well you're gonna you're gonna see some of them anyway yeah so I mean, buckle I... up buckaroos so yeah we'll see you then um Next time for a land of Troyus. Until then, I'm Jaron Hatch. I'm Aaron Cole. I'm Mark Nielsen. He's Mark Nelson. And uh, until next time, we will be somewhere. I don't know. Uh, doing regular adulting regular, things. Regular weekend week adult stuff. Ugh. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to share your own Star Trek story or give us a hot take on the episode we just watched, you can join the conversation by visiting our Discord server. You can find us by clicking on the link in the show description.